Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hello and welcome to a new episode of I See It But I Don't Believe It. I'm Gemma Bastiani. This is the Play On Radio Podcast Network. Today I am joined once again via Google Hangout by the one and only Joel Dusha. Hello. Hello. Thank you so much for having me back. I mean, after my star performance last time I was here, I absolutely understand why I got selected again. Uh, And I mean, sure, people are probably listening to that previous episode. They're like, yes, you discussed it on air. This isn't a surprise to us. But here we are. I'm back. <laughs> I forgot that we did that. I've done so much recording in isolation that it's just like everything is the same now. <laughs> yeah, I might as well be any any generic man. Well, I don't talk to that many men anymore. <laughs> <laughs> just thinking about it, you and Tom are the only ones that I've really uh, booked recording with that are well, dudes. As a, a representative of an entire gender, I am so, so... Actually, that sounds pretty good for you. I mean, sorry that you've still got me and Tom, but you're working towards perfection, which is no more men. <laughs> no, it's just weird. That just you saying that then, it made me think of it. Because Siren, I mostly just talk with the siren people yep. or female sports people. Yep. So now it's just like, yeah, it's weird. And again, we'll say it again. I live alone. I just yep. don't talk to men anymore. Yeah, and that's I fine. spoke to my dad. I spoke to my dad. It's all good. So me, Tom and your dad. <laughs> one out of three is solid. <laughs> Listeners can pick. Which one though? <laughs> um, so, uh, last week when you and I had a mm-hmm. chat, um, Joel is drinking, uh, Instant coffee. What's the word? Instant coffee. I couldn't even think of the word because yeah. I judge it that much. Um, and I, yeah, we had a full discussion about it. I would just like, again, the list, before we get to football, which is very important, I'd just like to say that uh, I'm an everyman and I drink instant coffee every morning. And if you like instant coffee like me, you should never feel judged for that. It's instant for a reason. It's easy. It's nice. Don't let anyone else tell you otherwise. Gets the job done. But, oh. See, that's weird to me because I don't even own a kettle. So for me, a cafetiera is so much more instant and tastes so much better. Well, agree to disagree. All right. Well, on that note, I'm going to open my can of Pepsi because it's afternoon. So it's Pepsi time. Hell Pepsi yeah. Max. <laughs> that was so satisfying. That's why I did it into the mic. Fuck. 
See, all I can do is slurp, and that'll just make people throw up. <laughs> yeah, don't do that. I'm not please. going to. Well, you're wearing headphones. Maybe, <laughs> maybe if you upset me, that'll be my go-to. I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, you're gonna be rude to me. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> Joel had to change his headphones before we recorded because his headphones were so broken that the sound was escaping and I could hear myself through his headphones on the other side of the Google Hangout. Yeah, so I have, um, a, look, and it, it, it's a bad combination of an intense microphone and very worn-out noise-cancelling headphones where the padding has worn out, so they're not noise-cancelling <laughs> anymore. In fact, they're <laughs> pretty much just speakers. <laughs> yeah, it was a real problem. It was really throwing me off. And I was saying about how this morning I was teaching a class and someone had their microphone on for a second and I could just hear the echo of myself. Yeah, it's in okay. the, It was really off-putting. So, I mean, I don't like hearing my own voice, but I'm subjecting all of you to it. So take from that what you will. Anyway, last week when we chatted, you decided on a game you wanted to talk about and mm-hmm. for very specific reasons. So which game are we talking about and why? Uh, round five uh, of the 2019 season, another very recent 2020, game. 2020, 2020 season. Sorry, yes. Yeah, <laughs> time That's is really confused. confusing. Yeah, <laughs> I blame the AFL for this somehow. No, well, it does feel like it's been about a year since it happened. Yeah. That, yeah, that's really confused me. Time is bad. Anyway, round five of the 2020 AFLW season, uh, Carlton took on St. Kilda. And it was one of the best games of the year. Yes, uh, especially the first half. It was like, fuck yeah. good. Excuse my yeah. language. Uh, yeah, if you're like. A frequent listener of me, again, you know this is very out of character. <laughs> um, when I was re watching this game yesterday, I was like, I was trying to take notes to touch on for this stuff and um like really and concentrate got, on it but i found myself like this yes yeah that <laughs> and like i was sitting there like gasping at the replay and i was like i know what happens in this game but i'm still like <gasps> on the boundary when people do stuff I was just like oh my god it was so, so good yeah so before we get into like why i picked this game and why i love it and why rewatching it was so exciting and how it was such a good game if you aren't familiar with this game and you've looked at the scoreline you're like what are they talking about carlton won pretty comfortably they won by 21 points but this is one of those games where the score means fuck all because yep, this game correct. was very intense especially the first half yeah it was crazy good and i tweeted last night while i was rewatching it um something like rewatching one of the best games of 2020 aflw season um and said something else about it. And everyone was assuming I was talking about the Fremantle-Collingwood game. And I was like, no, 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 Carlton-St. Kilda. And they're like, but the score. I was like, no, 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 ignore the score. Just <laughs> yeah. watch it and you'll understand. So, look, the one thing that I hope that people take away from this episode, if they're going to take one thing away, is that sometimes score means nothing. Also, the Hoskins sisters could be the best players in the world at any sport. <laughs> I, I mean, you've said that to me before, but it always makes me laugh. Your enthusiasm for the Hosking twins is just, like, next level. Yeah, it's, um... I don't know what it is. Like, I know that you have a similar thing with, like, occasionally just latching onto fringe players, but for the last two years, it's just really fucked me up. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I guess I also very much adore another Carlton player who is pretty much the face you of AFLW, so... You guess. Um... So, yeah, it's not all fringe players, but, yeah, fucking hell. Sarah and Jess. Especially, like, 
this game, or they almost fucking killed me. And then the week before, <laughs> Sarah had like ten minutes of game time, where it was the first time I'd noticed. Well, not that's rude, but like because I don't barrack for either of these teams, that's also probably something worth noting. Um, in AFLW, I barrack for uh, North Melbourne. Uh, Ugh. Just, yeah, look, hey, uh, I was struggling to pick a team um, to follow because I barrack for Essendon in AFL. So obviously there was no women equivalent. Uh, at first, so I just went with North Melbourne because my family barrack for them. Look, I could absolve my sins from like 25 years ago when I picked Acidon, I guess. But, um, yeah. It, yeah, like, hey, North Melbourne were a good choice in the end. They're pretty much the rudest team to play against and all seem quite nasty, and I love that. <laughs> well, they were last year. This year, not so much. Yeah, there was a there were two teams that surpassed them this year. Yeah. I quite liked North Melbourne this year. I just... It seems like... Yeah, a- they were... Much more enjoyable this year, I think. Yeah. Well, also last year, I mean, like, in hindsight, feeling like that I just picked North Melbourne feels weird because, like, they really came out of the gates aggressively. (laughs) So it feels like I was just like, yeah, I'm going to pick the winning team. But I just want to make it very (laughs) clear that when I picked them, they hadn't played any games. And also people thought they were going to suck because they were like... This is a person that also has a Sydney beanie as well. Oh, I got heaps of beanies. I got a GWS beanie. I got a... (laughs) West Coast beanie. Um, I feel like this message that I just received, I should read to you just briefly before we move on. Okay. Um, Is it from a Hosking twin? No, but it's about you. Is it from Taylor Howe? Okay. Interesting. (laughs) Um, uh, Actually, no. I'll finish my question. Is it from Taylor Harris? Because then I absolutely need to hear this message. Damn it. (laughs) No, it's not from Taylor Harris. Um, Friend of Play On Radio and excellent musician, Yo, who's a noted Geelong fan and Uh very good musician. Um, We did a... I I, I don't know this person personally, which makes (laughs) the fact that I've come up in a text message very surprising. No, you don't know Yo, but he knows you. Oh, no. Um, He's great. I have done... Uh, an episode of Australian Jams with him before, and mm-hmm. I've also done a trivia episode of I See It But I Don't Believe It with him and Jason Morrison before, mm-hmm. who you know. I, so everything yes. everything's connected. Yes, love Jason. So um, we did a, with all the ISO stuff going on, we did a food swap. So he made... he. <laughs> this is just getting even more puzzling to how I fit into this, but please continue. <laughs> um, <laughs> he... He brought homemade pasta to me because he's been practicing making homemade pasta. I can see how this is coming. And being back. the noted, <laughs> yeah, you worked it out. Being the noted Italian that I am, uh, I had bolognese sauce to give him, homemade bolognese sauce. Mm-hmm. And he he just messaged me. Uh, I'm hitting your meat sauce right now. That's a weird sentence. And you <laughs> need to teach the how good how good's footy boys a thing or two. It's so yummy. So um, that's just a message for you to pass on to your other podcasters, one of which shall not be named, and the other one is Tom. <laughs> well, the person that you haven't named, Sean, uh, is the one that needs to hear that message the most. Because he, uh, so, yeah. for anyone who hasn't heard Haggard's Footy, uh, when the season ended, when the in between the AFL and the AFLW seasons, uh, Sean made a very, very, very bold claim that a stir-through sauce, a dolmio jar of pre-made sauce, is better than any sauce you could make. And he'd die by that statement, and that's good. I respect that. A man of integrity. No. Uh, so, that we've, we've gone a little bit off topic, but it's still funny to listen to, I think. Now, um, you've chosen <laughs> this game. Know. If it sucks, I'll <laughs> shut the fuck up next time. <laughs> so, you love the Hosking Twins. 
you'd been watching mm-hmm. them closer because of what they did the week before. Can you tell us what they did the week before this happened? Yeah, so there was two plays in the Adelaide v. Carlton game. And look, to be perfectly, perfectly honest, both of these things mightn't have happened in the same game. And there's a chance I'm just blurring it together because, yeah, Sarah... Look, I'm a big fan of Jazz too, but Sarah hit my radar really fucking hard, or, like out of nowhere. <laughs> um, but yeah, there was a play where Jess was clearing the ball from defense um, and running through the center square, and she was being run down, uh, chased down, mm. and she just fired off like a blind handball to her left. And watching it on TV, you're like, what? Wh- who was that to? And then all of a sudden, Sarah just runs into frame, picks up the loose ball, and just like charges through and kicks it into the fold 50 and i was like ah twin powers that's sick i respect that that's the that's the magic of siblings um and another thing of twins i think yeah twin magic yeah Um, i don't think i'd be able to do that with my brother yeah they'd run the opposite direction yeah well i sometimes like i yeah look i think if i handball the football to my sister she'd probably just yell at me (laughs) (laughs) Um, that would be me handballing it at my brothers (laughs) um and yeah another thing that happened and this is probably the reason why sarah gets a little bit of an edge (laughs) over jess is that in one play she laid three tackles uh got a (laughs) carlton got awarded a 50 meter penalty and then sarah (laughs) fought someone immediately and the 50 got reversed immediately and i was like wow (laughs) this rules your kind of player (laughs) yeah yeah, um, and the other player who notoriously, not notoriously, who you famously like. Yes, there's <laughs> nothing notorious about it. Very open. Uh, is Taylor Harris. Yes. Um, and for what reason is this? Uh, well, I mean, I'd always liked her, but then to make a claim that you're just going to be flattening <laughs> players left, right and centre and no one's going to be spared before the first game of the season... <laughs> That's a huge claim, and the type of claim that people just frankly don't make anymore, and wow, I respect that. Hi, I'm a professional athlete, and I will fight you. Um, didn't you compare her and Daisy Pierce coming up against each other as, an what immovab- is it? Uh, an immovable object meeting an unstoppable force. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that happened. Anyway, <laughs> let's talk about... It, uh, I mean... The world didn't explode like you predicted, but it was pretty good. Yeah. 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 Um, should we start talking about the actual game now? <laughs> yeah, sorry. I'm just in awe thinking about how good they're. No, it's great. Well. It's so fun. Um, I was doing that watching the game last night. I was literally <laughs> gasping on my couch, and it was weird. Um, so, heading into this game, the Saints, obviously an expansion team, mm-hmm. but they'd pushed really, really good teams um, right to the line or had beaten them, unfortunately, my team, um, in the recent weeks prior to. And they were really showing themselves as probably the best expansion side in the competition. Um, Whereas Carlton had gotten onto this role. They lost round two and then after that, they were pretty much unstoppable. Um, So it was kind of... It was going to be an interesting match to see how the Saints could match up to another really good side and whether they could kick more of a score because that was the only real knock on their games against Melbourne and Fremantle was that they weren't really scoring very much. They were just more of a defensive group. Yeah. And the Saints needed to win this game to stay in the hunt for finals, which in Conference B was significantly tighter than Conference A. So the fact that they were even in that position was pretty extraordinary. Yeah. 
So the game starts. Yes. And the first thing I noticed in this game, watching it both times, was the matchup of Taylor Harris against Clara Fitzpatrick. Mm-hmm. So Clara Fitzpatrick is a 29-year-old Irish woman who is incredibly fast and very good overhead and very good on the ground. So she was the perfect matchup for Taylor Harris. Who is... Which was unfor- uh, 20, unfortunate 20, for you. 23, 24? 22. 22. 22. Uh, yeah. 22. Very fast. Very good overhead. Very fit. And had been questioned about her uh, ground ball abilities and then decided that she was just going to get really good at that just as a big fuck you to all of her critics. Again, something I respect. <laughs> Oh my god, I love her so much. <laughs> I was... Every tweet she made in reference to it or alluding to it, I was just like, retweet, share with everyone I possibly can. That's another thing I that she does her. that, like, if you aren't super familiar with... I mean, to be honest, if you're listening to this and you aren't familiar with AFLW, I would be shocked. But if for some reason you fall into that category and you don't know that much about Taylor Harris, one thing that she... It's like that she... um, Like, even though she's probably one of the most famous AFLW... AFLW players currently playing she mm. her Twitter presence and stuff like that she doesn't seem like she's got like a media manager who is telling her not to say things and <laughs> no, it just, that's why it's so good it's so good like again like people are rude to her and she just fights them but I think the thing about Taylor Harris is and I'm sure a lot of people have said that exact sentence before is she never insults other people no it's not like the comments that were made against her were, like, insulting to her. She never says that. But when she responds to them, she's so, like... It's not even witty. It's just, like, dumb. Violent. <laughs> <laughs> just, like, um... Someone could oh, literally... Spewing. <laughs> someone could literally tweet her and be like, Oh, you're a fucking idiot. Why don't you try shutting up? And her response would be probably something along the lines of, I will kill you. <laughs> So what we're saying is everyone go and follow Taylor Harris on all social media platforms. It feels Um, weird to endorse someone that is about uh, 10,000 times more famous than I'll ever be, but she has my endorsement. She's amazing. I, yeah, love her. So, Caitlin Greiser, my hero of the game. Mm -hmm. Uh, She's flipping amazing as well. She put through the first goal from a really tight angle, like right on the boundary, like wasn't even a set shot. It was like a gathered ball. It was so good. Yep. And Caitlin Greiser, the thing about Caitlin Greiser is that she doesn't look like she'll be that athletic and then she just destroys you because she just runs everywhere. She's got the agility, everything. Just yep. kills you. Yep. And there's a reason she was a leading goal kicker for the home and away season this year. Um, just full disclosure. I, I, would of- say, I would say the reason is because she kicked the most goals. Because she was able to do what? <laughs> Kick goals. <laughs> um, full disclosure, Dusha is like, these aren't my team, so I don't know specifics about these players. I just know the emotion. So every time I look up, he's just like, yes, I agree with you. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. It's uh, making me enthusiastic. So the Saints That's were good. really I pouncing. I look forward to you being like, yeah, uh, so Joel, can you just quickly tell me what was significant about Georgia G's second hand pass in the third quarter? And I'll be like, ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, look. <laughs> Great question. Um, <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Georgia G was really good in this game too, just because you mentioned I, her. Yeah, no, I, I noticed. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. Um, <laughs> early in this game, it was really clear that the Saints were forcing 
errors out of Carlton, like, skill-wise, and then pouncing on those errors and attacking, which was really different to what we'd seen previous weeks, whereas it was just, like, force the error, then lock it down, and there wasn't as much outside movement from them, whereas in this game, they were running the ball forward at every opportunity, and it was less stoppage play, particularly early in the game. I think that's why the first quarter felt so fast as well. Yeah, well, and both teams were, like, there was, like, five goals kicked in the first quarter. Yeah. Which was very big. Uh, Two by Sarah Osking, just quietly. We're going to get to that in a second. (laughs) Um, A Um, a good example, uh, sorry, I know I'm jumping around all over the place, but this just reminded me, um, when you were saying that uh, St. Kilda were forcing a lot of errors, Georgia G was really good, but also twice, like pretty early on, was just forced to kick the ball out of bounds on the full, which then St. Kilda then pounced on. Yeah, no, exactly. So, like, skillful players like Georgia G were making errors that you just wouldn't see them make, usually. Yeah. Um, so, the other things that were really interesting in this in this quarter, Chloe Dalton running out of defence, holy fuck. Mm-hmm. She's amazing. And last year we saw her playing more of a, like, half-forward role and she was kicking a lot of goals. This year she didn't kick any goals, but she created so much on those wings for them. It was unbelievable. There was a lot of, like, players just playing all over the ground in this game, I noticed. Again, mm. um, there's one player in particular I noticed doing it a lot, but again, <laughs> we'll get to that. We'll get to that. So, Darcy Vessio? Yeah, Darcy Vessio was one of them also, but... <laughs> Not who I had so, in my mind. Uh, Nat Exxon? Yeah, great game. Uh, but probably not who I was thinking of. It was someone that kicked two goals in the first quarter and then I, in the next play, seemed to be in defense. It was really strange. Who was it? Hmm. I have no idea who you're talking about. Um, so the other, another player who was really, really good in this first quarter was Charlotte Wilson, who's another young player. Mm-hmm. She was kind of keeping the structures for Carlton, even with the flooding that was happening and everything because St. Kilda kind of played this quarter in their half, in a way. Yeah. Um, there was one... I, I know that you've got notes in front of you and I don't, but... Um, it's okay. There was there was a trio of players for Carlton that looked like that they were going to tear the game open, but St. Kilda were really good at like keeping a lid on them, which was... Uh, it was Dalton, um, G, and... I think it was Walker as well. Or, yeah, Brooke Walker. Yeah, it was Walker, that's right. And those three, like, there was multiple times where it looked like they were just going to clear the ground with, like, one-twos back to each other, and... Yeah. But then St. Kilda were just, like, pouncing, and it was, yeah, intense. Like, there was multiple times where it looked like that, because St. Kilda obviously were a newer team with less game experience, that Carlton would just be like, all right, sweet, we got this. Like, we've got enough confidence, we're just going to flatten them. And St. Kilda were like, "Uh -uh uh-uh-uh, not yet. We'll get to that (laughs) later, but... but (laughs) That's No, but that's why it was so good, because players like Clara Fitzpatrick, who you don't think is going to be that fast, is so fast and shuts it down. And this was without Kate McCarthy in the side, because she'd gotten injured the week before mm. against um, Fremantle. Like, she was a lot of their outside run. And it was just amazing to see how St Kilda were able to generate so much more versatility out of their players than you maybe expected. Yeah. And I think that was the genius of St. Kilda's list build as well. Yeah. And even though they lost this game, this was a game where everyone was like, oh, fuck, St. Kilda. Jesus. I think I think they played better in this game than they did against my team, the D's, where they actually won. Yeah, well, to be honest, like St. Kilda kind of just like run out of legs in the... It was just the third quarter that kind of killed them. Yeah, yeah. So... 
Let's get to a bit that you really want to talk about. Mm-hmm. What, what bit's Half- that? <laughs> halfway through the quarter, like exactly halfway through the quarter, mm-hmm. Sarah Hosking pushed forward. Yes. Out of a stoppage, Al Downey knocks it down. It doesn't get to the Carlton player that she was initially aiming for it to get to, but it bounces out. Sarah Hosking runs into 50, gathers the ball just so beautifully. It's oh. just like one swoop, gathers it, and kicks... Carlton's first goal. Yeah. Did you lose your mind? I, I did. I was very excited. And I also, <laughs> something, I think you said, and I might be wrong, I might be confusing this for a different goal, but that was her first goal, wasn't it, of the season? It was It was the first goal for the season. It was a, her third or fourth goal in AFLW. Yeah. Out of 27 games to that point. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> um, how have I not noticed her before? Because um, <laughs> you go for North Melbourne? Yeah, that's probably why. It's it's brand new. Uh, just be so overwhelmed with love for opposition players, but uh, it's happened with Carlton. They got me. They got me real hard. Um, I mean, I I can relate. Yeah, no, it's Press Parkers as well. Ro- Fucking hell, mate. Roxy Rue. <laughs> Roxy Rue is the player. Um, yeah. Because uh, I'll just thing- ignore that. Fine, whatever. I don't care. Yeah, she's great. Sorry, I'm just <laughs> stuck on someone else at the moment. Um. Yeah, because I, I I didn't realize this was her first goal of the season because her celebration was like relatively restrained, and I was like, oh okay, it was great. She looked like she looked happy, especially like revisiting it and being like, oh okay, now I know this is her first goal of the season. But yeah, it's just like she's got on with it. I mean, the next <laughs> celebration was bigger. Yeah, that's true. Actually, so um, the things that. Patrikios stepping through traffic was something that was really noticeable in this quarter as well. And, like, Patrikios went so high in the draft for a reason, and it was this. Her ability to just clear congestion is terrifying. <laughs> like, how does she do it? Uh, great question. Uh, skill. <laughs> like, there's, like, two centimetres of space, and she just walks slowly through it, and no <laughs> one can tackle it. It's so weird. But amazing, it's like graceful. Yeah, it rules. I'm like conducting with my hand while I yeah, talk no, it, now it's as well. Important. It's good. I love footy. Yeah. Now you're just like raving. <laughs> <laughs> it can't stop. Uh, and then four minutes left in the quarter, what happens? Uh, Sarah asking, uh, collects the ball. Uh, it's on a not a super tight angle. Um, oh wait, hang on. It's a pretty tight angle. Yeah, but it, it's not a. Mo- Sorry, I just. Got, like, dizzy thinking about it. I just have to told you. It, yeah, she did pick it up on the run, didn't she? It wasn't a set shot. Yeah. Yeah. She picked up on the yeah. run, relatively tight angle, right in. Uh, yeah, it was a snap. She snapped it. Of course it was a tight yeah, angle. Yeah, it was a crumb crumb out of a contest. Yeah. Uh, uh, picked it up, snapped it. Bigger celebration, because she just tick, tick, kicked two goals in a row. <laughs> uh, for, yeah, in the first quarter. Yes. For a team that has... Um, let me think of what forwards they have. Um, Taylor Harris. Yes. Nicholas Stevens. Yes. Darcy Vessio. Yes. Like, they have a powerful forwards. Forwards that like kicking goals as well. Like, they're not just like... Like, Harris and Vessio kick a lot of goals, but didn't need them, to, didn't need them in the first quarter. Sarah Hosking just I'm had glad it covered. You, I'm glad you clarified that. <laughs> yeah. Um... But then, the thing about the Saints, particularly in the first half, was their ability to respond so quickly 
to Carlton goals, that it was like immediately out of the centre stoppage, St Kilda responded, and it was like, uh, what? Okay, oh, yeah, that it was like happened. Forty five seconds in between goals. Not even. And um, Rhiannon Watt. This was one of my moments of the season. So Rhiannon Watt has grown up supporting the Saints. She's a co-captain of the club now. She's never kicked a goal before. And she was in the forwards uh, goal square. I can never say the word goal square nowadays. It's it's tricky words. I mean, I had to say corporatization a lot this morning and I couldn't say that either. But now I can say it it fine. Good. Um, I've had so much coffee I can't even just talk sentences. So I wouldn't worry about it. Corporatization of the entertainment industry was the topic of my class this morning. So there you go. Um, so she'd supported the club as a kid, is now co-captain of its expe- like first ever season. Mm-hmm. And she was in the goal square and this clearance from this powerful St. Kilda midfield got it out immediately to her. And she kicked... She kicked her first goal, and her celebration was my favourite thing. Like, it was up there with Lily Mithin's celebration in the final yeah. for her match-winning goal. Like, it was <laughs> so good. I'd forgot- and there are so many great pictures. how I had forgotten about that goal in the final. But, yeah, Jesus fucking Christ. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lily Mithin, we love you. Um, yeah, so, like, her celebration was the best. The whole team got around her. Like, it was so good. And there's so many amazing photos of that celebration as well. There's yeah. one that comes to mind. Um, Megan Brewer, who's a co-founder of Siren, a women's sport collective, which um, I do a lot, which you've all heard about before, um, I hope. Uh, <laughs> Megan got one of the best photos, and we, we've used it a lot on Siren because it's just, like, it brings people so much joy just looking at it, her celebrating. Yeah. And I reached out to um, the another co-captain of the Saints, Kate Sheilor, and she said this about Rewatt's goal. And what about Rewatt's goal? I've never celebrated so hard. She'd never kicked a goal in her footy career across all levels and had been on Pete's back to put her in the goal square. Oh. And she was rewarded. She'd never kicked a goal ever. Never. Holy shit. And she was on the coach's back about putting her in the goal square and it For happened finally. Moment. And it it happened and the whole team was so excited for her. It's just like, it makes me so happy thinking about it. Especially because it was also such a, like, there was a lot of, so even if it was, like, without that special context, see what I mean? Had so much coffee, that was like eight sentences in two. Um, <laughs> even without the context of the fact it was her first ever, ever goal, which again, yeah. fucking crazy. Uh, yeah. <laughs> the goal was so good and so quick that yeah. you would have celebrated hard anyways. Yeah, Jesus Christ. Yeah, it's it's up there with the moment of the season. And, like, knowing the context, you're like, give a goal of the year. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, yeah. Um, so then Carlton go and do the exact same thing. Grace Egan kicks a goal, which was, which was her first of the game from 40 metres out. I think it was her first in her career as well, from 40 metres out. So the quarter-time score is Carlton, three goals straight, 18, to St Kilda, two goals straight, 12. So that was just, like, the most intense first quarter Ever. Yeah, and the pressure on the field, like, just even the tackles um, were just out of control the whole first quarter. Yeah. There was one... It's just... Oh, the, sorry, I'm just getting excited. No, hey, same. I'm basically hovering at this point. That's how excited I am. Um, <laughs> just vibrating into a footy dimension. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah, one thing I noticed watching this with the pressure and stuff like that is something that 
I know Taylor Harris does just because I love her and I watch her closely, but when she lays tackles, she loves to make sure that the player ends the tackle on the ground, even if, <laughs> like, even if they don't need to go to ground. It's like, she takes them out of play, basically, because then they have to stand back up before they can run off. And it happened, yep. I think it happens in the second quarter. She literally just removes a defender out of the situation entirely because she tackles them. They get rid of the... Yeah, that's right. They fire off a handball, but she continues the tackle just so that they're on the ground, which it's kind of a dick move, but I also love it. And it's also clever because she's not hurting them. It's just they then need to put in an extra second to stand up before they can run again. So, and the ball's cleared by then. So that rules. That's clever. Taylor, that's clever. Oh, Taylor is clever. Yeah, God, I hope she doesn't listen to this because I'm coming on very strong. No, you just love footy and you love good footy players. No, I know, but it's still not going to stop the entire Carlton Football Club taking out a restraining order on a man <laughs> who doesn't even barrack for them. I reckon if I barrack for them, if I was like, yeah, no, I'm a Carlton supporter. They're like, all of this is reasonable. But I'm like, yeah, I barrack for North Melbourne. They're like, wow, what a fucking crazy man. <laughs> no, but we just love footy. I do. I do love footy. Yeah. Um, should we talk about the second quarter now? Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah. Look, look at that. What, what the, there's a big highlight in this quarter. And uh, who, who was involved in this one? Oh, my God. Taylor Harris. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> the thing that I noticed straight away was the fact that... Taylor Harris took a Maddie- massive pack mark and then kicked Mate, the, the that's only later goal of the on. quarter. Yeah, no, halfway through the quarter. There's one behind before that. I know. I've seen the game. There's two, there's two goals in the quarter. One, um, one behind before Taylor Harris's goal and then St Kilda kick another goal. You're just ruining it for everyone. Yeah, you're I not am. telling the story. <laughs> <laughs> I'll never have you back. Um, oh, so no. the thing that I noticed straight away in this, which made me like out of my head keen to watch the rest of this quarter, was the fact that Maddie Prasparkis and Georgia Patrikios were playing on each other in the middle of the ground. And I was like, oh, this is the greatest thing I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> <laughs> That's also that matchup is also like a commentator's nightmare. The names are both pretty long, and like pretty your Greek. Mouth, your mouth has to do like a few little tricks to get them out properly, but also they're similar. So just like, wow, yeah. So well, uh, respect Carlton com- this year. Carlton this year have Katie Harrison, Taylor Harris, Karen Harrington, and Hosking. So and Harrington Hosking. Harris, <laughs> yeah. So it's just like, oh, and then North Melbourne have three kings. Yeah. Uh, the other great thing that happened early in this uh, quarter mm-hmm. was that Katie Loins laid the biggest tackle in history on Cat <laughs> Phillips. Basically killed her. <laughs> Seriously, though. It was like, it was crazy. She like swung herself around while holding Cat <laughs> Phillips. It was like she was the ball and Cat Phillips was the totem pole and she just like swung around her and then landed on top of her. Yeah. It was huge. She, like, you, you can't... dove in. <laughs> she, like, supermaned in from the side of the screen. It was amazing. Yeah, swing tackles, you get... Uh, not swing tackles. Sling tackles you get reported for, but if you sling yourself, perfectly fine. <laughs> exactly. She won the free kick. Yeah. Yeah, perfect. It, it, <laughs> Katie Loins is, like, <laughs> terrifying. <laughs> it was so good. Um, so there was a lot of pressure in this quarter. It kind of tightened up a little bit. Yeah. Um, compared to the first quarter. Um, just a fun, funny little thing I thought out of this as well. Um, Georgia G, who it might be one of the smallest players in the AFLW, she's like the same height as Tilly Lucas Rod, but like also very small. Yeah. Um, 
she tackled Poppy Kelly, who is St Kilda's Rock, and I thought that was <laughs> the funniest thing I've ever seen. It's um, yeah, that's just yeah, reminiscent of that backpack incident that happened in the <laughs> AFL last year, which they tried to recreate in the uh, State of Origin yeah. bushfire match, and no one understood it. Yeah, it was funny though. Um, that game was side note really fucking weird, terrible. Yeah, well, bad. I assumed that it was going to be... This is just my quick hot take. I assumed that because it was a charity match, it would be relatively rigged. But to then have a charity match, it ends with, like, a nine-goal win. I was like, ah, oh, guess it wasn't. Or, if it was, players are going to be in trouble for this. <laughs> um, I was obviously very much enjoying Melbourne's AFLW game before it, mm-hmm. where we won by 20 points. Congratulations on the win. Thank you against Collingwood, which... Extra congratulations on the win. Fuck even Collingwood. Better. Uh, if you're Collingwood supporting um, listening to this, I do not respect you at all. Uh, that's not Gemma's <laughs> thing. That's just me. I just want to make that very clear. Uh, my views are not associated with any of Gemma's or any of her affiliations. Uh, I just hate Yeah, I feel like I need a disclaimer. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm dangerous. I'm a dangerous person having a podcast. Yeah, I'm starting to notice that more and more the more I record with you. Um, the, sh- <laughs> the quarters should have been shorter of the men's origin match. Yeah. They should have done the shorter quarters. It would have been better. Anyway, I left early. It was boring. The crowd sucked. Um, Lalawifi's agility in defense was really, like, came to the fore in the second quarter as well. Like, her ability to, like, get out of trouble and then run out of defense is huge. And she was such an asset for Carlton this year. Mm. Um, Darcy Vessio up on the wing. Oh, this was where I audibly gasped. <laughs> Darcy Vessio on the wing she's got two pl- two saints players coming at her she's got she's on the boundary line she somehow evaded the players kept the ball in and then got it out to a running player it, like she didn't even get touched by the saints defenders so vesio is also someone similar to harris where the media came after her a little bit leading into the season uh so do you think that the entire carlton team is just like powered by negative reinforcement if if I start writing articles about how I just don't actually rate players, do you think they'll just come out and kick 10 goals? Because that seems to be the trend that uh, we're seeing so far. Um, I think Darcy Vessio, as soon as she got her fitness up and could play more up the field, her game changed dramatically. I think when she... So you're trying to... Just, so you're just... I just want to just make this clear. You're trying to say that's in fact, talent that made her good and not just <laughs> vengeance against journalists. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. 
Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Brave call. Uh, we'll see. Historically, maybe accurate, but we'll, we'll just have to wait and see. I think Taylor Harris... Uh, runs more on vengeance than <laughs> Darcy Messier does. Just love that they've accidentally built a team that's just like, they're just so, like, not angry, that's not the right word. Just like, oh, you don't think I'm that good? You underrate me? I, all right. Wait till next week. <laughs> the, I love the Carlton team. I love the St. Kilda team as well. Mm. It was just. It's a good game. Yeah, Darcy Messier. Unbelievable. Her on the boundary. I'm going to try and find the timestamp for this so everyone can go and watch it because it was just freakish the way she kept the ball in, avoided two tackles, and just got it out cleanly. It was like she'd done it a million times before. I was like, what? Yeah, it was almost, it, um, almost like kind of looked more like, um, yeah, like pre planned basically. Like she was acting, but obviously yeah. that's not how football works. <laughs> it's like- well, usually it's not how football works. Um, now it's your moment to talk about your favourite moment. Yes. Uh, so, uh, honestly, could not tell you who kicks it into the fold 50, which I know is rude of me, but it's just because I black out briefly because uh, what happens <laughs> next is that ball gets bombed into the Carlton's forward 50. There's about, look, if I had to guess, and I didn't actually count them, there's probably about 17 St. Kilda players in the, forward, uh, in the defensive 50. Uh, all trying to take this one mark. But, unfortunately... <laughs> I mean, it was a three-on-one, but sure. 17-on-one. It's crazy. I I honestly uh, no, can't... No, four-on-one, sorry. Four-on-one. I did write it down. No, nah, four-on-one. Four-on-one. Um, yeah. And this is good, because it's a great moment, followed by maybe one of the dumbest commentary moments I've ever heard. So, that's exciting. <laughs> um, <laughs> which is... And again, uh, I just want to make it clear that before I go after the commentary team... <laughs> <laughs> These are my views and not Gemma's. Anyway, four, four St. Kilda defenders. Unfortunately for the St. Kilda defenders, uh, the player that they're... The one in the 4-on-1 situation uh, is 
Human Wrecking Ball Taylor Harris, who takes a massive pack mark. Um, like, huge. Uh, it's one of those situations where it's just like, how did she cleanly grab that? And it's like a clean mark, too. Yeah. Um, and she's running, I think, back into the... Mo- it's just... There's a lot going on. Um, yeah. <laughs> which was then followed by the commentary team. Um, and uh, the commentator that says this will remain unnamed. She... Is <laughs> She she says, oh, when that ball was coming in, I was like, I was just about to say, oh, where's Harris? Because I bet that she'll be... Taylor Harris is in the frame the entire time. Like, she... she, she it's not like that she just, like, comes out of nowhere. She was the player that the ball was aimed for. It was just that it wasn't maybe the best choice because there was four defenders on her. But yeah, the commentator just claiming to be like, oh, I was about to say, look out for Harris. She... Who knows what she'll do? Um... Yeah. Insightful. Um, what did Harris follow it up with? A goal. A goal. She kicked straight, which was good. Yeah. Um, it was that a- wasn't meant to sound as condescending as it Yeah, did. wow. Very rude. I mean, she kicked two goals three the week before. So, fair enough. Kicking straight had been um, kind of an issue. Do you want to know a fun fact, I would though? Lo- I love fun facts more than anything. Well, no. Taylor there's Harris. There's two things I love more than fun facts, but fun facts are, uh, well... I'm really scared to know what those two things are. Well, they're not things, they're people, and I've said their names a lot. Oh, okay, I thought you were going to say something different, and I was really worried for a second. That doesn't paint me in a bad light at all. Yeah, my two favourite things are meth and hitting children with my car. It's not even close to where I was going. Um, If you want to understand where I was going... um, Follow Joel on Twitter, oh, no. 13, yeah, no, maybe don't and you'll do understand what I mean. <laughs> um, but... Can I reverse plug my Twitter? Can I say, if you follow me, probably don't? Um, just maybe, just give me an unfollow. Isolation Unfo- has I- made it so much worse. My tweets have... It's so bad. Yeah. It's horrible. Yeah, it's basically I- crimes. I'm on the verge of muting you. You probably should. Yeah. Um, but, fun fact. We'll go back to the fun fact. Mm-hmm. Taylor Harris was the only player this year to kick a goal in every game. Holy shit. Yeah. Well done, Taylor. Yes. That's, that's um, a pretty good fun fact. Yeah, that, that's a very fun fact. A powerful fun fact. Yeah. But she rules. So... She rules so much. Why did coronavirus have to fuck up the rest of the AFLW finals and season? So. Yes. Carlton. Taylor Harris kicks a goal. Carlton are up by 13 points, which is so far the biggest margin in the game. Yes. But what happens straight after that? Uh, what is St. Kilda very good at? Uh, replying. Kicking a quick goal. A very quick goal. A goal run. A goal running into the goal square. Caitlin Greiser, running goal, immediate response. It's big. It's And again, it means that even though um, this had been a low-scoring quarter, there was only the two goals kicked, it means that you're going into mm. halftime, the game's very tense, and yeah. it's exciting still. Yeah, so the halftime score, Carlton 4-1-25 to St. Kilda, three goals straight, 18. So we move on to the third quarter. Um, the third quarter features possibly the greatest boundary line interview. I, I'm not a fan of boundary line interviews, and I was very glad when the coronavirus thing stopped them from happening, so I was like, <laughs> oh, thank for God. But uh, it featured possibly the greatest boundary so line like interview clear, from a player. Uh, Gemma, whilst a lot of the things that I have said she doesn't support, I, I don't think I can get behind this. Gemma's glad COVID-19 happened. Wow. Uh, no. Controversial. <laughs> really, really, really controversial take. But you know what? I mightn't agree, but I respect it. Stop putting words in my mouth, Joel. 
I wouldn't dream you of can it. tell that I'm angry because I'm calling you Joel yeah and um, also I can see you put your hands on your hips which means I know I'm very much in trouble <laughs> I did it's so weird you being able to see me through this thing yeah, and me not thinking about it yeah yeah it's almost Technology. like you know, you know how you can see my face yeah I, I can see you too um, so I think the greatest boundary line interview ever happens in this because Darcy Vessio is casually having a chat yep. and then Commentates it's gone on for like, <laughs> it's gone on for like 15 seconds, 20 seconds, and it's just a casual chat while play's happening. And then Brooke Walker kicks a goal out of a pack, like really suddenly. Yeah. And Darcy just goes, oh, what a goal <laughs> in the middle of her sentence. And she's like, I don't know who it was, but that was so good. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and she's like, like she takes it in her stride, but then she's like a bit rattled by it. Like she's like, oh, what yeah. a goal! Anyway, oh, I don't know, kick that. Like she's like tries to move on, but then can't. And then she's like, can you can you still hear me? Hear me? <laughs> uh, the best boundary line interview. Like I just I love her so much. Yeah. Um. So this means the Blues are up by thirteen again, and. This was where Carlton's young players really started to link together and not succumb to the pressure that the Saints were putting on as much. Yeah. And in doing so, they really kind of stretched their lead a little bit. Yeah. And this is the quarter where, unfortunately for St Kilda, the wheels sort of fall off. They don't play badly. It's just Carlton kick a couple of goals and it's kind yeah. of game over from there. Yeah. And in a tight scoring game, yeah. those couple of goals were just... And some of them were just like... Almost lucky as well. Yeah, think it'll the were way they came about. Definitely, because um, yeah, it was three goals, one to two behinds in this quarter. Yeah, and so Carlton's young group kind of linked together. They got the ball inside fifty. Uh, it was a Georgia G kick inside fifty, and and Lucy McAvoy read the ball beautifully, protected the drop zone, and there was no way a defender was able to get in there. She marked the ball and kicked her first goal of the game, and and um, Lucy McAvoy in this game, you could see early. I think it was in the first or second quarter. Early in the second quarter, if it was in the second, mm-hmm. um, she's sitting on the bench. She looks really upset, and Daniel Harford's like almost consoling her mm. and she comes out and in the third quarter kicks a goal quite early on and if you then look at her stats she actually only had four touches for this game so she's a player that we know can win a lot of ball and usually does win a lot of ball yeah. um, and is usually really influential at the contest but she seemed to be really struggling to get involved in this game for whatever reason and it was almost like after she had that moment on the bench. She had like a switch flick in her head and then she went on to lay eight tackles and kick a goal. And so she found a different way to impact the game than what she normally would. She didn't have to touch the ball heaps when she had the ball. She just did a lot with it or took out people that had the ball. Exactly. And sometimes that's all you need to do. You don't don't need to tell me that. (laughs) I'm very, very aware of, uh, love a good tackle. Hoskins. Yes. Well, we mean, Katie Lawrence. They're all, yeah, I'm just thinking about what they all have in common. Um, <laughs> violence. A violent streak. <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> so she she kicks that goal, which steadies Carlton again early in that quarter. And then there's this moment that felt like the big turning point in the game mm-hmm. was where Olivia Vesely took a huge kick. Um, it was a set shot, I believe, from nearly 50 metres. Mm-hmm. And... It just, it's about five minutes to go and it just falls short. Like, 
Lala Weefy, you don't even know, she can't even see the ball because she's facing the goals. She just is running toward goal and just happens to have her hand out yeah. and it just touches her hand. So it just falls that tiny bit short. It goes through a far behind than a goal. And that was kind of where it felt like it shifted because if the Saints had got that goal, it felt like they were going to power home. Yeah. But it was just too much after that. Well, and also it was like, so for anyone who hasn't seen the game, the goal was so close that the St. Kilda forward, I honestly, I don't know who it was, argued with the umpire about it being touched. Caitlin. Yeah. Caitlin Grazer. Yeah. She yeah. like turns around to the umpire, goal umpire. is like, what do you mean touched? It was over the line. <laughs> um, uh, which, sorry, it just look, is a bit as, funny. It reminds as a, me. As a viewer, I don't think it was uh, over the line. I think it was very touched, but that's okay. Sometimes you got to yell at an umpire. I get it. Yes, well, <laughs> uh, on a, on another episode of I See It But I Don't Believe It, I uh, actually had a funny little conversation with my guests. Mm-hmm. We were talking about the first ever men's showdown, so Port Adelaide against Adelaide. Yep. And in, in that game, Scott Cummings thought he deserved a free kick, like, right at goal. Yeah. And he didn't get it, and the ball goes out. And he literally chased the umpire down. That's... <laughs> and, yeah. <laughs> The nineties, man. <laughs> but well, that's that. Watching this, it was just like, oh, don't, don't run after the umpire. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's that's like really funny because so the first ever showdown that happens in the first ever Dreamtime at the G, Essendon win because Richo, rather than playing on, uh, stops to argue with the umpire and Essendon clear the ball because of that, which then results in Essendon kicking a goal and Essendon win by a goal. And that's like, I can't remember if that's like the last play of the ge- game. It's something like that, like. It's just, it's entirely Matthew Richardson's fault that it hasn't win. <laughs> it's so funny because Richo's like, now you think of him as such a like gentle giant, but when he played, he was just the most angry man in the angry world. Angry and then just like really, really like Stupid. soppy if he didn't, things didn't go his way. <laughs> like, think early Jack Rewalt. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Not so much modern day Jack Rewalt, early Jack yeah, Rewalt. Jack, anyway. Jack Rewalt before he got the confidence to sing with the Killers. <laughs> oh, the Australian women's cricket team did it better. Just saying. Um, I would so say, if you're a sports person, stay off the stage. No, nah, Australian women's cricket team nailed it. It was firework with Katy Perry, wasn't it? Yeah, and it wasn't them singing. They were just dancing. It was the best. Yeah, that's 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 better. Uh, don't take the microphone. Yeah. No. You know, we, uh, we're getting off track. Let's let's talk about... Football. This game. Round 5, 2020. Carlton take on St. Kilda. So, after that kind of turning point, mm-hmm. there was a passage of play where... There were a couple of really impressive contested marks from Harris and Stevens down the ground that resulted in another Carlton goal. So the Blues go into three-quarter time with a 25-point lead. Yeah. So it felt like that was almost like a 12-point play where the Saints just missed that opportunity and then the Blues were able to score on the rebound. Yeah. It was just like, God damn it, like that was the turning point. So the three-quarter time score, Carlton 7-2-44 to St. Kilda's 3-2-20. Now... Uh, um, it's just funny because I wrote down a quote from you while you were talking before and it's at the top of my notes for the final quarter <laughs> and it just says human wrecking ball Taylor Harris <laughs> and it, I mean relevant alright so the final quarter begins with a huge contested mark from Kate Shearlaw 
who has always been a very good contested mark for the Saints, but had never quite been able to finish it off with a goal. And she finally kicked her first goal for the season. She's a co-captain of the club. Like, it was so awesome. Her celebration was great. And it started the Saints off in this quarter like, oh, they actually have a sniff. Like, they're only three goals down. They could do this. But then... Unfortunately for Saints fans, you didn't. But... Well, Georgia G ruined it. Yeah. Georgia G... (laughs) responded immediately with, like, an unbelievable snap. She was under so much pressure from Tilly Lucas-Rod. It was, like, passed off to her by Nicholas Stevens. Like, it was just... No one should be able to kick that kind of goal. But she did. And it just <laughs> broke and killed his heart. <laughs> yeah. And that's probably where this game... Like, that Georgia G goal is probably where this game stops. Yeah. Like, it, it's basically from that point onwards the intensity slows down. It It's very clear that Carlton have won from this point. There was one moment, though, that oh. still stood up. So, Taylor Harris had been playing really well up... I mean, it's not a Taylor Harris moment, but I just want to say, Taylor Harris had created a lot for the Blues. You can say her name as much as you like. I will never complain. <laughs> she was playing much further up the field, mm-hmm. and she was being a really good link player because her kicks inside 50 were always really good as well and big kicks inside 50, mm-hmm. kind of what Caitlin Greiser was doing for the Saints. Mm-hmm. Um, but Nat Exxon, there was this beautiful passage of play that deserved a goal. Yeah. She, it was like, you know exactly what I'm talking about, yeah. don't you? <laughs> yeah. She was like in the middle of the centre square on one of the wings and she laid like four tackles in the process of pushing the ball forward, gathered it, composed, kicked it inside 50, and it literally hit Sheila on the chest. Like, Sheila barely had to do anything to take that mark. Yeah. And I've written I've written the note, and then at the end I've just written, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, the it's it should be shown to young kids wanting to play footy to learn about second and third efforts. Yeah. It was amazing. And, yes. like, Nat Exxon, she doesn't hasn't received a lot of praise for her season this year because maybe it wasn't quite up to the level that she was doing at Brisbane last year in terms of winning the ball, but she was impacting in different ways for St Kilda this year. She was actually their leading tackler this year with 38 tackles. So she was still doing things. It just wasn't maybe as flashy as... in a season is very impressive until you realise... Kiara Bowers laid 99. (sighs) And would have laid 38 in like six quarters, basically. Yeah. Um, <laughs> second in line. For, do you want to know who was the second most prolific tackler so, this year? Kiara Bowers, Kiara Bowers had 99. Yep. Can you, before you tell me the player that came second, can you tell me how many tackles? Do you know? Yes. Like off the top of your head? Yeah. Yes. How many? How many? I'm going to guess 57. 51. <laughs> I was closer than I thought. Yeah. Um, yeah, cool. 40 tackles a difference. Who, who was the player? Uh, it was 48 tackles of difference, thank you. So she nearly doubled it. Yep. Okay, I apologize. Uh, Kiara Bowers, <laughs> I know you're a big fan of uh, not only Gemma's podcast, but me in general. And that must have been a really, really upsetting thing for me to get wrong. Uh, so first of all, I'd just like to apologize. And second of all, that's massive. The best part is that um, in an interview with the Outer Sanctum, mm-hmm. they were joking, they were interviewing Trent Cooper, the Frio coach. Mm-hmm. They were joking about her laying 99 tackles and how the season ended with her stranded on 99. And he said, well, there was a pitch invader at one of the games and she tackled them. So technically she's got a hundred. 
<laughs> and that was what, the coach. What game was that in? Because I've like, that was I've the derby. Ah, that was okay, the derby. Cool. Yeah. And was it just like it wasn't like a streaker? It was just literally someone jumped on the ground, right? It was, I think, a vegan protester or something. Oh, okay. So they weren't naked because they had all their messages on their clothes. Kiara Bowers got a really close look at those messages on their clothes when she tackled them. Tackled them. Yep. Um, So, second in line, you don't have any idea who it might be with 51 tackles? No, I... You don't even want to take a guess? Well, is it relevant to this game? No, but I'm trying to make you guess the obvious example so that you can be wrong. Okay, cool. Uh, let's go Katie Loins. Oh, that's not the obvious example, but also no. Well, she laid nine in the game we're talking about, so I was like, take, take a guess. Who, who was second? Second was actually Katie Jane Grieve, who also plays for Fremantle. <laughs> I would say that they're uh, quite an aggressively defensive team, if that happens to be the case. I love Fremantle almost as much as I love Melbourne. That's big. I said almost. It's still um, big. Katie Loins laid 32 tackles this year. And she got nine of them in this game. Yeah. <laughs> so a quarter of her tackles came in this one game. <laughs> That's pretty big. <laughs> I mean, it's amazing. It's also like just Katie Loins. I'm terrified of her. Do you know, just looking at this now, do you know Katie Loins won seven free kicks in their final against um, <laughs> North Melbourne? Uh, against Collingwood? Holy Brisbane, sh- Brisbane? Holy she won shit. seven, gave away two. And hey. in round one against Richmond, she won six free kicks, gave away one. So that's pretty good. Yeah, they all for like holding the ball. Like, is she getting them for holding the ball? I don't have it, it broken well, down no, in obvious, that much detail. Sorry, I'm sorry. I, yeah, that would be an insane thing to be writing down. <laughs> Like just especially because sometimes when you're watching games, you're like, "What was that free kick for?" And no, exactly, one knows. no one knows. No Mysteri- one knows. Mystery free kicks. Mystery free kicks. Um, sometimes you've the seen- umpires just get tired, and they're like, "Wow, I haven't blown this whistle for a while. Just better check it still works." Yeah. Um, you've seen my spreadsheets. You know what's on there. Yeah. Look, if I had to describe it, I would say that it is fucked. It's just insane. It is so detailed. I've never been detailed about anything like that in my life, and I've written a thesis. Have you really? Yeah. I, uh, look, we, I, look, I can get into it now. You're going to be... It's very on brand. So, I did honours, and I wrote a thesis draft, got feedback, never fixed it, never submitted it, dropped out. What was it on? Uh, is film criticism still relevant? Uh, and this yeah, was written in, not- like... No, it was written in, like, 2014, where that would have been, like, a really pressing issue um and if i had have written it people probably would have paid attention to it but instead i decided that i hated writing it and then just <laughs> didn't finish quit oh and now i teach at a uni yeah We're two very different people <laughs> well i mean like i part of the reason why i didn't do it is because i was like well i was gonna have like honors in media but that's really eating into the time of me creating media maybe i should just do that instead and now i'm on this now- podcast as a direct result of that choice I mean, technically, yes, but you've done much better things in the media than just be on this podcast as a result of that. Um, but let's go with it. I mean... Sandsfans Radio? Yeah. Pretty big? Uh, yeah, like, it is, it is pretty big. But also, the chances of Trent Cooper listening to any of a Sandsfans podcast, pretty small. But chances of him listening to this podcast, higher. So maybe this is the most impressive thing I've ever done. Hard to no. say. 
Um, Could be the two sold-out UK tours we've done. I don't know. This episode has certainly gone off the rails to what a normal episode is. We've gone away away from the games. But let's get back to it. Um, We talked about Nat Exxon. Darcy Mm -hmm. Guttridge's forward pressure in this game was very good, and I likened it to Tom Papley against Essendon in a certain game uh, in 2017. Things favorably to Tom Papley. I mean, but like, I just, it's just so strange you bring him up. I, I don't know, just so unexpected every single time, especially when you reference a certain game against Essendon. I just, it's just, it surprises me every time. Yeah. I, I'm full of surprises. Um, the Saints actually in this quarter created a lot of opportunities, but they just were either offline or they fell short. So, like, they actually had the bulk of the play in the final quarter mm-hmm. and kept the ball in their half of the ground, but they just couldn't get it over the line. So they ended up kicking one goal three in this quarter to Carlton's one goal. So, yeah. literally, they had one less score, one less scoring shot than... Carlton did so if they just straightened up their kicking they were actually still in this game and that's why when we say um the scoreline doesn't represent how good the game was this is why it's just because the Saints were just a little bit offline yeah and Carlton were lucky to get a couple of goals that they did especially in the third quarter so again even though Carlton almost double St Kilda's score in the end it doesn't feel like that at any point no so Carlton ended up winning eight two fifty to St Kilda's four five twenty nine. Mm-hmm. Um, I I went back and looked at what I wrote about this game in my weekly column for Siren. Yep. And there are a few things that I found. I mean, were still relevant. I mean, I was right then, and I'm still right now. Um, <laughs> it's good to back yourself that hard. Every time I hear something so I've claimed, claimed in the past, I'm like, oh yeah, I was dumb then, and I'm still dumb now. <laughs> Um, the Saints kind of moved from that hyper-defensive game to a much more attacking style, mm-hmm. and they, they seemed to still be pretty solid on their defence. They leaked a little bit, but other than that, they were still pretty solid, so it was great to see them start to transition into that attacking game. And it, yeah. It's frustrating that the week after this was the last week of footy we had um, of the home and away season because they were starting to find that groove, and I think they would have beaten a few more teams had they gotten onto that bit more of that run. Yeah, fuck um, coronavirus. Yeah, I said it. Yeah, COVID-19, I, agree. I hate it. I think a lot of people do. Um, I don't know. I, don't, I think that might kind of be a hot take. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah, heard it here first. <laughs> um, this global pandemic? Yeah, two thumbs down from me. <laughs> oh, that was fun. Um, and then Carlton's accuracy. So Carlton in round one kicked six goals 12 off the top of my head, six goals 12. And in a, the game against... Uh, Collingwood in round two that they lost, they kicked three goals six, I think, yeah. um, which was the same number of scoring shots as Collingwood, but they lost because they missed a whole bunch. So yeah. it was the first time we really saw Carlton knuckle down the accuracy. They kicked eight two, and that was as we talked about St Kilda nearly having the same number of scoring shots. That's effectively what won them the game, yeah, and got them percentage, which is really important in AFLW. So that I think was a really big thing too. Yes, um, and yeah, like it was. Um, just for the context of the game as well, like you just mentioned, uh, it was both teams kind of playing the style that people were saying they like tidying up the areas that like the media and things like that were like, oh, well, if Carlton want to succeed, they're going to really need to start kicking straight. 
If St Kilda want to succeed, they're going to have to stop playing this hyper-defensive lockdown football and start trying to attack more freely, and then you saw both of those things happen in the same game. I think you're giving the mainstream media too much credit no, for but calling like, those things out. <laughs> yes, I understand what, I mean. what you mean, but... I'm, like anything, I'm just... the, two, the two things that the teams were getting criticised for, they tightened up. I mean, how many people noticed those things? Gemma's raised her hand. Siren. The things that <laughs> Siren person. pointed out about this game, well, these two teams. Apparently I'm really solid. obnoxious now, <laughs> all of a sudden. <laughs> um, I usually try to be real humble, but today apparently not. Um, well, that's cool. I bring out so the worst in everyone. You do. Actually, you really do. Yeah, I well, didn't I say last time that I wanted to fight you because I hadn't fought anyone? When do I ever say that? <laughs> that sounds like something I would say. I know. So that'd be I like, mean. I want to fight someone. I love fights. <laughs> You're ruining my life. Um, so this game, <laughs> can we use the thing that about- as a pull quote? <laughs> you can advertise it with however you want. I'll be just like, "Hey, listen to this new episode of a podcast. This is what was said about me. You're ruining my life." <laughs> I'll send you the audio grab. Thank you. <laughs> I have tears now. No, oh, now I've made you cry as well. <laughs> Fuck. The thing about this game was that it was a real showcase of young talent and the idea that two, three years we'll look back on this game and see who was playing and just how many absolute stars in the making Mm. that were all on the same field at once is so exciting. Like, I don't know, it's... In three years, Press Barkers is going to have so many medals around her neck that she won't really be able to stand up straight. Erin Phillips won't know who she is anymore because Press Barkas will be Erin Phillips. Yeah, it'll be the Press Barkas medal for best at, uh, for best player of the year. Yeah. Um, so I've actually pulled uh, or just highlighted a few players from each team that I think we should all keep a closer eye on uh-huh. going forward. There's five for each team. Uh-huh. Okay. Start with St Kilda. Young players. Yes. So they had to be... I think the oldest the oldest is 21, who's the player we'll start with, which is Caitlin Greiser. Mm-hmm. Should have been the rising twi- star winner. She's nominated. Yeah. And that hasn't been awarded yet. I was agreeing with the thing you said, but it was a throwback. That was a throwback, Gemma. <laughs> it was weird the way you said it, though. Um, <laughs> Caitlin Greiser. She had 12 disposals and two goals. Uh, you, stop shaking your head at me. Um, 12 disposals and two goals. She... Her athleticism, ability to get up the ground, impact, her booming kick, her straight kicking, it's just such an asset for St Kilda and they can shape their whole forward half around her, which is amazing, at 21. Darcy Guttridge, she's 20. She had six disposals and two tackles, but as I said, her forward pressure is unbelievable. So it's things that she's not going to get a stat for, but if you watch her play, she makes it so hard for Carlton defenders to get the ball cleanly out of defence. And you said earlier about um, Georgia G kicking out on the full twice. That That was from Darcy Guttridge pressure in the forward half. Molly McDonald, she kicked the first goal for St Kilda in their history in round one. Mm-hmm. Um, she had seven touches, but her outside run and her skill, particularly when it comes to field kicking, is unbelievable. She's 18 years old. Georgia Patrikios, who we've said a lot, um, yeah. 18 touches, two tackles. She's 19. Like She turned 19 just the other day. So she's Plain like... Sparkers as well. Again, as we established, who is the best player in the league. And <laughs> I disagree with that, but yes. Um, I don't know, the... Jasmine Garner's the best player in the league. Ooh. Don't fight me on this because I will take you down. I mean, maybe I agree with that as well. 
I'm choosing a player that plays for your team, mate. No, no, that's why I said I agree. <laughs> Not everything I say is a fight, I promise. I'm actually a passive man. No, that's not true. Olivia Vesely, who is <laughs> what 20... What the fuck? <laughs> Sorry, continue. I'll behave. Uh, Olivia, Olivia Vesely is also only 20 years old. She had 18 touches, 4 tackles. She had a huge black eye in this game as well, if, <laughs> if anyone saw it. Yeah, um, they pointed it out in the game as well. She rolled into the game with it. Yeah, because she got it against Fremantle the week before, because Fremantle are the biggest tacklers in the competition, just destroy people. Um, yeah, I... um, it's Well, it was... Yeah, look... I'm a, I'm a kind of a fan of players just like having playing through black eyes and stuff like that. Also yeah. a fan of when certain players give other certain players black eyes on the field <laughs> in 2020. Full on. I don't <laughs> so creepy. I don't I don't condone violence, but look, sometimes Nat 5 gets black eyes. That's all I'm saying. Oh, I understand what you're referencing now. I still haven't seen it. Um, oh, well, I haven't seen the event either because it was off the ball. <laughs> all of a sudden, like, I don't even know what had happened in the game. Nat 5 just all of a sudden is fucked up. <laughs> oh, fuck. We need to finish this. Come on. Okay. Olivia Vesely's use out of stoppage is incredible and the way she works with Rosie Dillon and Georgia Petruchios, they're a really hard midfield to stop because each of them play very, very differently but they work very well together. Yep. Now, Carlton's five. Why did you want me to go with St Kilda first? Oh, no, it was just... You changed... It doesn't matter. You said young players and I was like, oh, I know a couple of young players on the, sing, uh, on the Carlton team that are really... No, are but 21... Cool. Yeah, and then he said under 21, and then I realised what you were going to actually do. I'm not going to talk about Taylor Harris. Yeah, no, that's Um, okay. That's fine. So, the Austin I was also hoping that, um, you know, perhaps twins snuck into this. But again, I believe... They're like 26. Yeah, no, I I know. That's why when he said 21... I mean, 26 also... Look, as someone who is, by the time this episode... Well, I think when this episode comes out, it will be my birthday, which is funny. Um... When's your birthday? April 13. Oh, no, it'll come out after that. So, happy 30th. Yeah, 29th. Oh, 29th. I thought you... <laughs> no, we can pretend it's my 30th. No, actually, fuck it. I'm going to say I'm turning 35 this year now. <laughs> but yeah, uh, as a 29-year-old, a well, yes, at the time of recording, 28, but as a time of you listening to it, 29. Uh, yeah, 26 is still pretty young, so... For I, a footballer, I would, though. I would, I would count the Hosking Twins as young players. It's just... Oh, my God. Anyway, the often-mentioned Madison Presparkis. Yes. She's 19. 19 years old. Rising star 20... last year. Yes, for a good reason. <laughs> 26 touches, three tackles. She was a beast, and her battles with other young players in the midfield was so fun to watch. Yeah, it was out um, of control. Sh- yeah. It was just... Ah! Um, Charlotte Wilson, she's 19. She's... Probably the player I've seen Carlton players mention the most Mm -hmm. when they're asked about who the best player at their club is, who the hardest worker at the club is, who um, should get the rising star from the club, all that sort of stuff. Everyone says Charlotte Wilson. She had 12 touches, uh, 8 marks, and she was really important in defence for Mm -hmm. Carlton. Lucy McAvoy, she's 18. So as we mentioned, she couldn't quite get as much disposal in this game, but she found a way to work around it. She had eight tackles and a goal. Yes. 
George G, she's only 20. She's been in the competition for a number of years, but she's only 20. She had seven touches, four tackles, and a goal. Every single time she touched the ball, it was effective. The way she uses it, I mean, except for that the kick out of bounds on the yeah, ball. Yeah, but that's okay. I know what you meant. Sorry. Apologies. She uses the ball <laughs> so beautifully. She was always able to hit a target, but she was also in that, like, Patrikios way, able to just get out of congestion in a way that, like, it was almost like she apparated away from the contest. Like, it was yeah. weird. It's so weird, but she's just all of a sudden on the outside. You're like, okay, <laughs> you're going to do that. Cool. Bye. Um, and then Grace Egan, who Richmond had two opportunities to get. And they she fucked played it for twice. Their, yeah. She played for their VFLW team, um, and they could have signed her as an expansion player before, mm-hmm. before the draft. They chose not to. Then when Carlton uh, bid for her in the draft... Richmond chose not to match it, and then Carlton got her for an absolute steal. She's 19 years old. She had 12 touches, six tackles, and a goal in this game. That's they're big. That's big stats. It's like that's just 10 players that we're talking about who are 21 or under. Yeah. We could talk about Nicola Zenos. We could talk about Taylor Harris, who's 22. We could talk we about could so talk many about other Taylor players. Harris. Taylor Harris. <laughs> Taylor Harris. <laughs> um. Sorry, tongue tied. Got too excited. <laughs> But this is what I mean. Like we're going to look back on this game, and it's be like this was one of the best showcases of young talent we'll ever see. Yeah, and in a couple of years, you'll be like, ah, oh, that's where all the superstars came from. Yeah, Carlton and St Kilda. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but I I do want to end this. Uh, Kate Shillor again. I reached out to her about this game, and she gave me a good quote about it. Um, again. Kate is a co-captain of the club. She actually used to play for Carlton and was delisted. She worked really hard on her footy at VFL level and came back and she's had a huge impact for the club mm-hmm. so far this year or well, in the first season that was unfortunately abandoned. Um, so here's what she said. Icon Park is a big ground, so it was very open and free-flowing. So quick, but I prefer a running game, so I was happy. I was in my happy place. Our young team was playing fast, exciting footy against one of the best teams in the league. They are a quality side and it was a really positive it was really positive to match them for most of the contest. Which is kind of what we've been saying yeah. all day. Yeah. So good. <laughs> so good. It's I'm nice just to like, know I'm that doing a player a weird thing with No, no, it's good. It's good. It's good to know that a player that was on the field also agrees with us. <laughs> a captain on the field. Yeah, and, hey, no, that- there were f- there were five captains playing in this game. <laughs> <laughs> that rules. <laughs> yeah, and they were all good. I would go Could as you far name- to say that, uh, no, don't try and do that to me. I couldn't <laughs> name them. <laughs> You've mentioned two of them already. Yeah, and honestly, I- again, I- I'm not even going to get close. I so... Was- <laughs> Your face... Uh, Rhiannon Watt who kicked her first goal in footy in this one which was amazing Kate Sheilor who we just mentioned Mm -hmm. Kat Phillips who was Mm -hmm. the one that got poleaxed by other captain Katie Loins for Carlton and Karen Harrington it's a lot of captains it's all the captains that played in this game and I love them all I love Katie Loins captaincy is just like look I'll captain but also I'm just gonna just clean everyone up just like captaining through like aggression basically which i guess is what carlton need they seem to respond very well to it i know that tom Tom once said that she's the best captain in the aflw and i know that that very much upset you 
Yeah, it just froze for a second. Mm. Because Daisy Pierce exists. Mm. And Daisy Pierce is Daisy Pierce. Yeah. Katie Lyons is Katie Lyons. Really makes you think. That- Okay, we've uh, rambled enough. Uh, thank you to Kate Shearlaw for responding to me. I believe I will be doing an interview with her shortly as well, which That's is very exciting. exciting. Plug this episode. <laughs> uh, that's been Joel Dusha. Where can people find you, Joel, and uh, what can they listen to you on? So I'm part of the Sandspans Radio Network, uh, the show that you will like the most if you're listening to this show is How Good's Footy, which sadly is on hiatus, indefinite hiatus, uh, and we'll be coming back when we find out when footy's coming back. Um, Mm -hmm. Otherwise, I do Plumbing the Death Star, which is, like, my big podcast that is, like, a pop culture, very silly, mostly leans on, like, comedy and us being really fucking dumb. Uh, I'm also in a video game review podcast called Thumb Cramps, which is also very stupid. Look, look, that's a, it's a trend. Uh, And you can find me on social media at Douche13, that's D-U-S-C-H- one three um yeah twitter instagram it's my handle on everything amazing yeah look i tweet bad things and i apologize i've been banned from twitter twice uh (laughs) by the time this episode goes out will i still have a twitter account maybe not i almost fought the pope the other day it was wild (laughs) (laughs) you can follow how good's footy though yes you can follow how good's footy at how good's footy um i haven't lashed out using that account yet and i won't until I get banned personally from Twitter. Um, they've be the How Good's Footy account has been tweeting a photo a day of footy, mm-hmm. and we're going to keep doing it until footy comes back. Just celebrating Excellent. a different player to, every day. Uh, AFL and AFLW to see lots of um, Adam Goods and lots of <laughs> Harriet Cordner. You'll see and lots of Shelley Scott. You'll see by lots. You'll get one photo of each of them because different player. Yeah, a day. That's fine. Can you please still include all three of them I, for me, please? Yes, of course. Adam Goods especially. Great. I'm surprised we haven't already. Hero. By the time this um, ends, maybe we have. Who knows? Life is mysterious. We'll Time is wild. I felt like making a BoJack reference just then, but... I would I not won't. have got it. I have not seen that show. Oh, that's surprising. I anyway. don't watch TV. Much how you don't watch movies, I don't watch TV. Fair. Trade. Yep. Uh, this has been, I see it, but I don't believe it. This has probably been one of the looser episodes. Um, (laughs) What? (laughs) If you are looking for more content, uh, Play On Radio has Australian Jams, which is an Australian music podcast, and the Play On Preview and Review will be back as well once footy returns, which is a preview and review of each round of footy. It's me talking... Uh, more statistically and analytically than anything else. Otherwise, you can support uh, Siren, a women in sport collective. We are covering a lot of women's sport, as I said, doing a lot of interviews with players and things like that while um, the sport shutdown is on. So if you want to find out about players, uh, you can do it that way. Joel is just kind of making a weird face at me, so I'm feeling uncomfortable. This is just my face. (laughs) I'm smiling. Hang on, is this better? (laughs) I'm not used to you smiling at me. That's scary as well. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at GL Bastiani or play on Radio Melb. Uh, but otherwise, just subscribe, leave a comment, all those things. Thanks, Joel. No problem. Literally anytime. Sorry for wrecking your show again. <laughs> You'll have to choose your next topic for the next time. Yeah, it'll be something. I don't know. It'll definitely be something wild. Has anyone spoken about the Gary Great. Moorcroft's mark before? Maybe that. No, we definitely should do that. Yeah. Oof. Okay, done. <laughs> 
you keep listening to I See It But I Don't Believe It, new episode every Monday on the Plan Radio Network.